Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're joined by Christine and Michael from Cloud City Casino and Galactic Fashion. Christine and Michael, welcome to the show. That that that's not how I was supposed to be introduced. I don't. I had a writer. Excuse me. Sorry. A, oh. Let me read, let me do this again. We're joined okay, no, today wait. by Christine from Galactic Fashion and Michael from Parts Unknown. No <laughs> one knows where he's from. Could be anywhere. In fact, we're not even sure he's actually on this episode right now. But he may have, or may not be from a casino in the clouds. So yeah, I was gonna say I'm gonna have to check that writer. Does that writer also mean that we have to give you M and M's without the red ones? No, it's without the green ones, Tom. Come on, you're gonna okay. get you're gonna get the entire show shut down. God, you, you know what? I I thought that was the one. I grabbed the one for Van Halen. Right, I am so sorry. <laughs> oh. You know what? That mistake happens a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I'm you know I'm I'm in between worlds right now. So would well, you say I'm, you're in a world between worlds? That's yeah. Um, interesting. Wow, what a callback. <laughs> Good. So <one. laughs> obviously. Obviously, we're all here today to discuss a very special, uh, you know, event, uh, which is the fact that Captain Pelion is now canon again. Please, let's begin talking about this for two hours, and then, you know, that's, I think, all there is to talk about, right? Well, and and the other thing, the Uh, show is now actually priceless. It it is now priceless. You're right. Yep. Yes. You know, it's really too bad that Rebels took four seasons to become priceless, but uh, certainly is now. Yeah, but God, did it go out in grand style. <clears throat> it did. It did. Yeah. It, so we are, of course, going to be reviewing tonight Rebels final episodes uh, titled A Fool's Hope. And I mean, if I scroll down, eventually I will see the other title. <laughs> A Family Reunion. <laughs> Thank you. Family Reunion and Farewell, which is an appropriately titled uh, finale. So, mm-hmm. yes. but before, as so usual, we... yeah, really very. Is. Yeah, but and uh, we're going to delay those bittersweet feelings by talking about things other than the finale, like the screening. Uh, we had yeah. the opportunity to go to a Tom and I, you, uh, you and I went to a screening of the series finale in uh, in Burbank at the Walt Disney Studios lot. Oh, that's such uh, a nice lot. It, it is. It I was bl- William. I can't believe you didn't invite me. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, oh, oh. I was about to say, Stephen. I guess our. Uh... Our invites were uh, lost so, in the mail or something. For those of you I think listening, William actually intercepted my invite. So, <laughs> wow, it's really? Well, I, I, I think I need some backup right now. I, I and he's I, just going to say no more on this subject at all. I, I hate to say this, Stephen, but I don't think yours was the only one that was intercepted because I was listening to uh, Star Wars Report, and I think Riley kind of didn't get okay. one either. So, um, so, but, but Stephen, I did invite you many. Many I, times. I don't recall this. I rec- you know, you were talking to me a couple of times, and I'm pretty sure I wasn't listening. So, okay, I, we were talking about what before the show uh, started? Oh well, oh well. But uh, it, it was a very fun event. Tom, do you want to tell us a little bit about the uh, the screen before we dive into the episode? It was it was it was an honor to be able to attend. 
Uh, well, I, I think the one that had the best honor was you because you were the one that actually got into the room to interview Dave Filoni with a small panel of people that if you grabbed the podcast before this one, you probably heard that because it was a very exclusive question and answer session with Dave Filoni. That was pretty cool. And then after that, we were all kind of must, you know, rustled over into the, I guess it's the main theater at the, at the lot. Um, all I know is that this big old thing of Black Panther on the front, which I would have expected Rebels there anyway, but you know, neither here nor there, but it was, it was interesting. There was a lot of 501st, uh, there was Mandalorian Mercs. There was the Rebel Legion. They also had all the voice actors there. I believe they had a bunch of the crew there as well. Um, it was a fun experience and I do have to give props. Amy Ratcliffe, you did an outstanding job at the question and answer afterward. I've got to give her props. She did a great job. Uh, Anthony Brasdekin was there as well. Kind of, kind of saw him. Um, and I, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing the amount of people that were there just for this screening. It was really, I um, the rebels family. It was, it was kind of a nice way yeah. to, to end things. And we will have more from the, uh, from the screening up soon as, as Tom mentioned, you know, it's always an, uh, an honor and a pleasure to talk to Dave Filoni. And that interview is up when we posted it, uh, earlier this week. Uh, no spoilers for the series finale. Um, no. And then, of course, you know, Amy hosts the Q&A. And Amy will, she'll be coming on the show uh, soon to uh, discuss her thoughts on Star Wars Rebels. But uh, but for now, we're going to be talking about the, um, the the series finale, the last two or three, technically, because the, 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 the final episode is a is an extra long, um, uh, an extra long episode. But yeah, it was it was so much fun. I cannot wait to discuss this. There's nothing like watching it in a theater with uh, all these other fans, and it's it's, it's become a family. Um, people yeah, it was it was interesting time, so. because you could feel the energy, and then once it was all over, um, I think William, when you were up at Lucas for that other screening, you mentioned that at the end of that they were passing out tissues. I'm surprised there was no tissues passed out at the end of this one, but I think with this one it wasn't a I don't think it was a, a sadness that the series was over. I think they definitely left it on a very positive and happy note. And I think that was reflected at the end because I didn't see many tissues uh, in the crowd. I mean, it was bitter. It was bittersweet for sure. It was sure, bittersweet. But, I mean, yeah, um, you got to throw that out but there. Yeah, but yeah, it was, it was emotional. It was a, it was also happy well, as well. I mean, you know, the most, the most emotional part of the episode, they kind of took away when, you know, Melcher turns out to be okay. So exactly. But, Let's just dive into the episode then, since we're we're we're, we're getting into it. Uh, Tom, yep. one last time, you want to tell? Well, I guess there's two more technically in this episode. Well, two but more. You want to uh, let us know the full details if people haven't uh, heard uh, the the name episode and, and who wrote and, okay. and directed it. Tell us, uh, give us the rundown, please. Okay, so for the uh, first episode that was aired, it was Rebels season four, episode fourteen, called "A Fool's Hope." This was written by Henry Gilroy and Stephen Melching. It was directed by Dave Filoni and Saul Ruiz. Now, the episode had Ezra calls in every favor he can rally together of a ragtag group for seemingly impossible mission against Governor Price and her Imperial forces. I'm going to throw here, as everybody knows, on the fall. For the second part of the Ion Cannon podcast, we're going to be recording season four, episode 15, Family Reunion and Farewell. This was written by a host of writers, starting with Dave Filoni, Henry Gilroy, Kerry Hart, Simon Kinberg, and Stephen Melching. This was directed by Dave Filoni, Bosco Ning, and Sergio Paez. 
The final episode of Rebels sees Ezra and the team take drastic actions to free Lethal. And boy, did this one tug at your heartstrings, didn't it? It did. Wow, it's hard to believe this is the final episode of Rebels. Michael, Christy, I'd love to hear from from you guys. What did you think of uh, of this episode? You know, we we get the return finally of Callus and Rex and the Ghosts. It's been so long since we've seen them. Uh, how did how did you feel kind of coming into this episode? I don't know, guys. It just kind of felt like another filler episode. Really? <laughs> no. Oh, you are terrible. There are no filler episodes, as you see in this finale. So sarcastic. Wow. Okay, that that's was just not one. necessary. Yeah. <laughs> this in case it wasn't obvious from our introduction, this is a serious podcast with mm. serious discussion. Right. And uh you can go back to parts unknown if that's how you're gonna act. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Even Peel would believe you on that one. Oh boy. <laughs> but um I'm gonna get this uh get this uh, train back on track. Uh but no no, I mean I don't know about you. I loved seeing the return of Callus and Rex because we haven't seen them since the fifth episode of this season, the occupation. And, you know, now we're nine episodes later. They, they, they're finally back. And we actually get to see them uh, return to Jupa base on Celos uh, from, you know, the uh, w- way back at the beginning of uh, season two where they, um, uh, the, where they, they go and, and, and find Rex and uh, uh, Gregor and, and, and Wolf. Yeah. One of the details I thought was really cool is the last time we saw them on that base, I'm pretty sure their little walker was built on top of a, uh, you know, ATTE mm-hmm. base, right? Yeah. And it was really cool seeing that they've, uh, you know, after the aftermath of that battle, they've upgraded and now they're on a uh, ATAT instead. That's so cool. It looked so, yeah. so cool. I was really, really most, most excited to see Rex, Wolf, and Gregor. Um, because I loved seeing them in that previous episode and, you know, their adventures together. And um, Gregor is just ridiculous. I think that it's <laughs> amazing um, that here at the end they get Gregor calling someone else crazy. Yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, but I think Michael was most excited to see Hondo was back. Yes. Yeah. Michael, I know you are a huge Hondo fan, are you not? A l- little bit. Um, yeah, it was great seeing Hondo and, and seeing Hondo, um, kind of in the way that he was toward the end of rebels where he's actually, he's not there just doing shenanigans. He's actually doing some cool stuff. Yeah, he did. He was, he was hugely influential in these episodes. Um, and I just loved seeing him him back. Hondo's one of my favorite characters from the clone wars, Uh, but he's not the only one we got in this episode. Oh, Steven. I was going to say, before we move off of Hondo and kind of Gregor and the rest, one of the things I actually really liked about both of these episodes is, you know, we never really got a true conclusion to Clone Wars. And I feel like Dave did everything he could to sneak in just a little bit of closure for, you know, people who have been with him, you know, since the beginning. Totally Uh, agree with you. Some scenes we'll talk about later with the clones. Uh, but you know, even just like giving Hondo and Melch kind of this, uh, I don't even know what to call it. Character, okay, uh, character well, moment. Well, it's character development, but also this really crazy and bizarre um, buddy thing that went on between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, like it was just, it, it, it was, we've never gotten to see Dave Filoni close off a star Wars show. Mm-hmm. And, but now we have. 
You're right. And, I, it, and, it was and good. boy, is, did he do it and, and everyone involved do it masterfully. And, you know. Now, th- there was one thing, though, that I did notice, and unless I just kind of missed it, but even still, I, I feel like it shouldn't be a, you know, a blink and you miss it type of thing. There was actually one person, I guess you would say, that was actually missing from this finale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no AP five. You know, oh. I noticed that too. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Shows this is kind of odd. <laughs> I, I was. Well, wait a minute. Wouldn't he have been with the fleet? No, he was on the thaw. I'm sorry, he was on the thaw. That's right. Was wait? Was he on the thaw at one point? You're talking the droid, right? The one that's supposed to be the takeoff of um, what's the actor? Um, yes. Snape. I don't remember. I'm, yeah. I'm, well, I, I know him as Hans Gruber. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. But he was. Yeah, that's right. I thought he was on Lethal. Oh, yeah. interesting. He was busy that day. Yeah, it's just weird. Was, I, was I don't know. I mean, like things. I, I thought it was always kind of weird how he joins the group and he seems to be Chopper's buddy, but never there. And then it seems like they just sort of forgot about him. <laughs> There's just a shot missing from the end of the episode where AP is like, guys, guys. <laughs> he's, we know he's floating hello. in space. <laughs> like, hello. And he's singing to himself, too. My alarm didn't go off. Um... <laughs> oh, and we also didn't mention uh, Sabine's friend was back. I think her name is Katsu. Yes, that's, yep. that's exactly Katsu what I was going to talk back. about next. Katsu Onyo is, is back, uh, which was really great to see. Um yeah, uh, she's a she's a well, didn't have quite as big a role as as Hondo, obviously, but uh, she's you know a, a nice character to have in there. And she Hondo was a nice character, but she was important now. enough, especially when he got to the second part of the episode. But yeah, the gang's all back. Yeah, except AP five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what did you guys think of the mission when they went to go recruit uh, Gregor and Wolf? That the mission that they were trying to go after was a non-sanctioned by the rebellion. Well, that also means they're not going to have any money. It's impressive that Hondo decided to join them at all. Well, he he mentioned getting paid later, so I'm not yes, sure they must have they must have. Uh, he maybe you know, gets some like that by him. <laughs> maybe he gets like stock or land in Lethal, you know, non-physical monetary assets. Assets. I don't yeah, know, but I, it also I, I got. I don't know. No, go ahead. I, I, I got the impression that in some ways I felt like Hondo kept thinking he was going to get paid. Like he just didn't quite get the concept yeah. of being a hero. <laughs> like the whole time mm. he kept thinking, oh, then, then we get paid. Then we split the winnings. I'm like, do you not mm. understand? There, there are no winnings, Hondo. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know where you're getting this money. <laughs> yeah, but also remember, he did bring up. He Also remember, he did bring up a thing about I would do anything for that boy. Yeah. Yeah, which was a nice moment, you know, and it really shows how all of the all of the friends that Ezra has made over the years are all coming back to to help him out in the final moments. And it's not just all of his friends. It's, you know, really, um, it's it's the uh, it's the ore crawler that they got. Right. Mm -hmm. It's um, every it's it's the um, uh, the purgle. Every single thing in this in this series is coming back and playing a major role major role and that was really cool to see uh and, mm-hmm. and sometimes it was large sometimes it was sometimes it was small or just in the background but everything was used everything had a purpose and it really mm-hmm. shows that they they were able to 
tie it all back together, even to the most inconsequential things or, or the, the things that you're like, wow, that was a little out there. I don't think we'll see that again. Sure enough, we did. And it came right back into the series. And I thought they did a great job with that. Definitely. You know, mm-hmm. it also explains, I also like the point where, you know, um, they explain how the mission isn't sanctioned by the rebellion, uh, which uh, it gives us a reason why their victory later um, over on Lothal isn't really um, doesn't really impact the crawl for a new hope. They can have a victory without, you know, um, making Scarif the second victory, I guess, right? Because because in the crawl for a new hope, this says that they had just won their first victory against the, the the Galactic Empire, but that was the main rebels, not the Lothal rebels, with their mm-hmm. somewhat smaller victory, but still important. So certainly. That's nice to see. Yeah, but like we kind of launch into the, I guess I would say is the, the meat of the episode, you know, the thing that really kicks things off. Uh, Ezra, I actually, so Ezra's meditating off the base in Lothal, which I thought was a really cool touch. That's something we've really only ever seen Kanan do. Um, and it was cool to see Ezra doing that. But he's had a vision that Thrawn is going to be turning to Lothal. And so they're either, you know, they either do it now and they manage to, you know, take back the planet or they're not going to be able to do it at all. And then this is kind of contrasted, of course, with uh, the fact that Price knows that Thrawn's also going to be returning soon. And if she doesn't bring the rebels in, she's in trouble. Yeah, I, I thought Price was so interesting in this episode. She goes from being you know, terrified at one point, in one, in one moment, to being like the most, probably the scariest we've ever seen here. She was downright terrifying at points. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I just that that look like when she's chewing out that officer and we we don't um we don't ever get the officer's name unfortunately but she's staring at that officer and just starts laying into him and she knows that she fails she'll be executed uh, and so she clearly she's like she's afraid but she's also furious at the officer for failing to find the right. I really like that line she's like you know what do you think is gonna happen if Thrawn gets back. And I don't have the rebels. I'm probably mm-hmm. gonna get executed. What do you think I'm gonna do to you before exactly. I get executed? Let's right. ponder that question. But like the look of rage on her face yeah. and the animation mm-hmm. that those, the, the, you know, the 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 Luke's animation uh, put it into her facial expressions is just chilling. Like I've never seen any character in the show look that that furious. I think I think a lot of the animation within this show was outstanding, and I think a lot of that comes out with the voice actress who did it because, and then also the 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 meat behind it because the character is being played as there is nothing for me to lose at this point. I've already lost it. She even said it to the officer. I am going to be executed when I get back. So basically, for me, I am going to pull out all the stops mm-hmm. to get what I want to have one final victory before I'm not here anymore. And because of how it was portrayed in animation and voice acting, that is the best we have seen Governor Price to this point. Yeah, Mary Mary Elizabeth McGlynn did a, a, a wonderful job. an outstanding job. job. Yeah, really, really nailing Price's character. And it almost felt like, you know, an Imperial officer talking to Vader in the original trilogy or, or even the Emperor. You know, the, the Emperor's coming here. You know, and the, the guy quickly realizes, oh, yeah, I, I got to go. I got to go find these rebels and I need to stop them. Otherwise... I'm in major, major trouble. 
Um, so I, I, you know, I thought they did a, a, a really, really good job with the whole, yeah. the whole scene. Uh, so, Michael, were you surprised? Well, what did you think of, of writer Azadi contacting governor price? So this is actually kind of funny because I, I thought that, okay, he, he's betrayed them. I, I thought it was pretty straightforward. I did too. But Chrissy really? called it right off the bat. She's like, no, that's part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what tipped you off, Christy? Uh, because I felt like even though Ryder in the past has been the one voicing his concerns to the contrary every time, that he still has never left the other rebels for any reason. So it just seemed really out of character to me that he would suddenly have any kind of motivation to depart from everybody and go his own way with things. He just doesn't seem like a person who cares about getting a a reward for anything. I agree with you. And yet, I don't know. I, it did. Like she said, like, like price says, he, he, it was a cowardly thing for him to do. And at first I was like, well, he must be faking it. But then later on during that, that, during that fight scene, Rook runs right by him. He sees Rook and and, and puts down his, his blaster and and let him lets him keep going. And I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe maybe he is turning on him. You know, it was it was all part of the plan. And, well, and just, out right. so what, what also just, what tipped just, me off is like the rebels didn't seem prepared for that attack. Right? They yeah, they were wanna, all sitting there. I just but say, that part did make me think maybe I was wrong. Yeah. What, what Steven? Mm-mm. I was gonna say I just, I just want to call out that was a bad plan. <laughs> there, it, like, you know, there's obviously the idea was they were trying to set a trap for, you know, the Empire. Um, but when the only thing like extra forces you have in reserve is one ship with like four people, not not so likely to happen. And, uh, like, it, it, except Hondo was the gunner. So and, think, and Milch, they had it covered. They didn't Don't forget Milch. know when the ship would be arriving back. The ship went to another it, planet and had to come back through the blockade again. Yeah. And like. I get it. You know, things are uncertain. And like having the wolves obviously ended up working out pretty well for them. Uh, they're really lucky. Price was in like, man, all Thrawn needs to see is a body. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. It, it would have been a very, uh, very different ending. It was all part of the plan. It was all something. It was totally set up to be this way. It was totally set up to be the total against all odds. We are going to be surrounded. We're going to be taken, but we're still going to win because it's against all odds. It was the craziest plan. And I think even Rex said it himself. Some He's had many experience with Jedis, and sometimes the craziest plans are the ones that work. Yes. I was it Wolf? That is true. I, I like that one yeah. a lot. Good point, Tom. I did, yeah. I did. So, so there was a good 99.9% chance it was going to fail, but it was the craziest plan. And that point zero 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 one percent it worked. It did. It did. So uh, another thing too, um, with Ryder, and and maybe I'm just forgetting this, but I don't, I don't think so. Is that like we got some new information on him that um, kind of made it seem like, oh, you know what? He, this is some backstory. This is actually um, reason why he he might would uh, actually turn on them. You know, when he talked about that he was originally the governor, and that they had a history. Uh, together that they they actually knew each other personally um is that something that's been 
Yeah, they, they mentioned they, they dug into that in um in in some, some of the previous episodes, and also I think some of the, the the books as well. They've they've kind of discussed the relationship a bit, and how I think it was in um Thrawn actually where we yeah. we see prices rise to power. Yeah, and I don't I don't remember Ryder yeah. getting a lot of attention in the book. No, but, but it was probably it was, yeah. I'm sure it was mentioned because it. He he was the previous governor, so yeah, and how she basically betrayed him, and, and he had to to go into hiding. Um, but I I, yeah, know, I I just forgot that, I guess. No, that's fine. I, it's so easy to there's so much so much easy to forget. You mean Michael? There's only four seasons. Each season's been what about thirteen episodes, let's say, uh, plus at least one, probably more books. And you're telling me you can't keep all of that straight in your head at once? Well. <laughs> I, I also like monster stuff. <laughs> uh, I confession, I, 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 I always either. I take very good notes. Yeah, um, <laughs> gotta take that into account. The other hobbies, but um, uh, Stephen, though, I, I'm I'm curious as our as our our, our vehicle Uh-oh. guy, what did you think of the whole plan with uh, Hondo's plan to get them down onto the planet? Ah, uh, that was I was actually pretty okay with that. Like. You know, we saw obviously seen in like uh, episode five where the Falcon kind of sneaks on board or I shouldn't say on board, but sneaks in off of uh, like, what's the right word for that? Uh, on basically the uses of, like, yeah, just, you know, sneak through by latching on. Um, not a, you know, as we certainly know, not a good idea to be right where a ship's about to jump out of hyperspace. Uh, we've seen what that looks like in like Rogue One and other places, and it's not not a pretty sight. But hey, it worked. So more I thought, power to them. To me, I thought it was interesting <laughs> that um, they they you know with these hyperspace routes, they're not just like they're very very specific. Apparently, like like they're these 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 routes are so specific that you can you can sit just outside of the route and, and hopefully not get hit. Although. I, I I loved the moment with Hondo where they they ask him you know he says but this is the risk you take when you're when you're a pilot and he, when they ask him how many times he's done this he's like I've done it many times I've only been struck and he starts like counting his fingers on one hand and then the next hand and I think he stops it like at least nine and is like I've done this many times <laughs> but he was counting was like, how many times he's crashed yes exactly like, yeah exactly. you know don't worry about that. It, it reminded me a lot of the scene with uh, Han and Chewie in Force Awakens, where he's like, "It works every time," and he's like, "Well, okay, not okay, not that time." Just I never asked that time. question until I've already done it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I, I don't want to so back good. up, but there is one thing when it comes to Hondo that was actually very funny. Mm-hmm. He does not consider himself a smuggler. Oh yes, yes. Oh, right. Just a that, pirate. Just right. Because he can't pronounce. Smuggled. Yeah, well, it, yeah, he, he, but, but you see, I, I bring that up because it also, you bring it now to this point where he can't call himself a smuggler, he calls himself a, pi, a, pi, a pirate, I was calling him a pilot, a pirate, but it was funny to see that kind of ash, animation with him when he couldn't say that word, but then you see the kind of animation where it's just like, uh, how many times did I, let's see, one, two, three, I, I, I've done this many times. Yeah. Jim Cummings is, so, is a fantastic just job. Just outstanding. And I was so glad to be able to see him again uh and 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 i'll be honest when you know at the end of the scene when when hondo says you know uh once again hondo comes through no need to thank me we get the star wars main theme swell uh and he walks through the door in the uh yeah hallway i thought that might be the last we were gonna see of hondo um but thankfully no there is lots more hondo goodness 
to be had. Um, but you know, e- even the little things like the, 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 the shot out the window of the Imperial ships at like a 90 degree angle, uh, while they're waiting for the transport, which is just beautiful. And, and the transports themselves were, uh, the dreadnoughts, uh, were actually based on the ships seen in the Thrawn trilogy and the old West end games source books. So I thought the, as oh, usual. I missed that detail. That's really yeah. cool. Uh, I'm going to have to go watch it again. Yeah, it's really I, I got cool I got to sit through this one more time. I think the next time I'm going to start crying. <laughs> yeah. Um but there's you know there's the whole battle back on the planet. Uh, Christy, I am I'm, uh, I'm curious. Well, what did you think of the whole the 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 fight uh, as the rebels were um holding off the imperial forces while waiting for the ghost to arrive? Uh, I got to say, my favorite part was Zeb deciding to pick up the cannon off of its stand and just yes. blast everybody with it. <laughs> Zeb is just He's going like, ah, crazy. Enough of this. It doesn't move right. I'm just going to pick it up. <laughs> but that also brought you back to the heavy gunners from the Clone Wars, too, because they would do the exact same thing. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it was really yeah, it, cool. It reminds yeah. me of um, Michael introduced me to the Clone Wars and to um, Hard Case, who has the giant mm-hmm. gun. <laughs> so it reminded me of that a little bit um but I, but i also loved them bringing back the loath wolves for the fight and terrifying all of the imperial people that was horrifying just the imperials i was terrified yes. <laughs> yeah I, I i thought i thought one of them like bit price's head off really it was did. very very close well he did i think get one of the uh stormtroopers like midsection and threw him off the ledge and we're not just fucking drop. Threw him off the ledge. <laughs> Speaking of of uh, of loth wolves, um, no, but like, <laughs> but you know, they, they like they retreat into that cave, and um, and 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 Price approaches, and the stormtroopers approach, or no, sorry, Rook. But it was Rook. Rook approaches, and he just Ezra just ignites that lightsaber, and you see the loth wolves next to him, and then the the that the chorus starts playing, and wow, it. That the Lothwolves have never been more terrifying. Like, like well, there's even that one stormtrooper who tries to climb up the pole to get away, and the, the yes. Lothwolves jumps and bites. The thing, oh. the thing I really loved is he's trying to climb up, and he doesn't. He gets like I don't know, maybe a couple feet off the ground, and the Lothwolf is doesn't even have to like reach up to get him. He's just right there. It's like, oh, I mean, it was, it was a good idea. But well, what was so awesome though about that shot in the cave is before Ezra. Um, ignites his lightsaber you start to see the eyes kind of start coming out and like they stop and then you see the the lightsaber ignite and they're there i thought that was really cool Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. completely completely and i think that it's cool that a lot of that scene doesn't even require them to use any dialogue it's just the expressions on the faces because rook's face when he realizes what's happening too is like oh no (laughs) we are so in trouble (laughs) Exactly. And we're stuck in a cave. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, uh, Gregor as well, his line it was just perfect. He's like, hey, wolf, can you believe it? The wolves, you've got your wolf pack back. Uh, oh, that was so uh, cute. That, so that, that got a huge the, round of applause in the The screen. line that killed me was the fall of witches. He's like, yeah, just like the old boys. Like, yeah, exactly. I know that's Maybe. what that is I, what I heard. I don't remember this in the Clone Wars, but sure, just like the old time. <laughs> I remember the wolf pack in the Clone Wars. But <laughs> don't, 
don't don't you remember when Comet grabbed that one droid in the in his mouth and threw him off a cliff? You don't remember that episode? <laughs> I, I must have missed it. Oh, <laughs> uh, also but just a callback to the Clone Wars. Yeah. I mean, just something like that was just like, oh, that was so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of cool stuff, we got some great scenes with Sabine on the jetpack as well, right, Tom? A lot of flying scenes. On top of that, we got stormtroopers with jetpacks as well, and her taking down. I'm going to call it a squadron worth of stormtroopers flying. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I loved it. The one shot I really loved is when she was going through the um, the the transport ships that brought them. Mm-hmm. She goes through one door, fires at the other two through the other door, but as she gets ready to go through the second one, she grabs onto the handrail and kicks the other guy out the door, and then she flies out. Some of that was really gorgeous animation oh, if you totally. watch closely. And there's that, there was a, that other boat. I was going to say, there was the, also the shot that I really appreciated where she's flying up towards like a mm-hmm. cliff face, kind of a bumper. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she does a little flip and then bounces off and hits the stormtroopers. I know the one you're talking about. Like, a, like yeah. an Olympic was, swimmer, I, right? And then jumps right straight back. Like, yeah. 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 It was, I, it almost felt kind of like Ender's Game-ish. You know, it's like, hey, you know, up is not necessarily up. I mean, mm-hmm. that's in space and this isn't in space. It was, but like, it was the same so kind perfect. of like cool it was just it was really well done it still worked very well yeah even chopper got some action like pretending to fall through that same hole that uh, that sabine used and um when the stormtrooper like kind of looks down he grabs his foot and pulls him through we got we got lots of death by uh, uh falling to uh, falling from great heights in this i, in this I should have gone back and counted i'm curious who had the uh highest kill count for this episode i mean i guess it, if you include the finale, I think Sabine obviously does by virtue of blowing up the entire city uh, or city <laughs> show, whatever you want to call it. But just for this battle, I think that's probably the Lothwolves. Yeah, I was going to say it's like Lothwolf number three. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he had the most. And a he was having a good chopper. day. Just kidding. The Lothwolf number three is named Bob, by the way. Um, <laughs> oh, Bob. Right. <sighs> yeah. Good old Bob. Um, but, but, you know, e- even. Uh, Hondo uh, and Melch firing at all the troopers, and 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 that moment when you know Rex and Gregor, Wolf and Callus all run outside out of the ghost and provide support, like they did not waste, um, they they went all out, right? They they Mm. they had so many characters. We've never seen this many characters on screen at once in an animated series. Actually, did we call it the Visago made a return as well? You're right. Yes, forgot that. Even Visago is back. Even Visago. Even if Visago. only even Peel had been able to return. Oh. And I gotta Sorry. say, we laughed the hardest when um, I think it was later in the episode that um, Hondo says, Ezra, we're in position. And then he flings Melcher oh, onto Zeb, gosh. who flings him over onto the top of the ship. And he goes, they can fly. <laughs> and then, and then oh, when Melch geez. hits that window, and just sticks Splat. there like went, like like the old Garfield plush on the side of a window. If you guys remember Garfield, I'm that old. And just or, right up to the window, and then uh, then just that look on his face, and he waves at the guys inside, the Imperials inside, and they start firing at the window. That was funny. Oh, I, I, you know, while we're talking about it, the thing that I I loved even more is the fact that they did it again when they were leaving the that room, and there's the comment of like, "Yep, they always fall for it." Yep, that's true. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of that plan, you know, because they they um, they they capture Price, and that's a great moment where she's like terrified of the Loth wolves. She's mm-hmm. hanging from a Loth wolf's teeth, you know, mouth, uh, and she's like, "Don't let it eat me, please." 
and you know the the episode ends but it, at the beginning of the, the the next episode the this the the final one um you know she is uh, uh again they they use the loth wolf wolf as almost a way to threaten her into into helping them um because she's so she's so terrified and, and and that's why she agrees to help them get inside of the rebel or the 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 imperial base uh, yeah but who, to be fair who wouldn't be terrified by that oh i would have been horrible oh, yeah, oh you know whatever whatever you say <laughs> but didn't you guys didn't you guys find it fascinating that they actually had an order that recalled all the imperial troops back to base for a full-on lockdown that's protocol 13 the same one used to evacuate Jeddah in rogue one and the same really? one oh, that the rebels discovered. That, oh, exactly. That's, that's and remember, crawler. I completely cool. missed that. And remember the same episode, crawler commanders. They used protocol thirteen. The rebels discovered about the existence of protocol thirteen. Uh, so you know, once again, tying everything together. Nothing that, is. Oh, that's nothing, one. Of, nothing. Uh, everything's there for uh, a that reason. Is, this such is, a great little piece. I like. I would never have known if you hadn't said it something. But the fact is, that that's what they did is just really. It's really cool. I this is storytelling it. at its best with it, these three episodes. That is that is amazing. That completely went over my head. Yeah, it. it, it I, I was. Um, it was on the second viewing. I was like, wait a minute. That's that's that protocol. And all of a sudden, it hit me. Um, you know, in in fact, in an, in an early draft of the uh, uh the first part of fool's hope they were they were even considering having all of the various star wars villains plotting the empire's future including krennic um, mm-hmm. uh, but it, you know it was cut early on so while they actually designed krennic for the clone wars they never built his model and, and rebels, far. Clone sorry clone rebels rebels. Yeah. rebels um would be interesting to see his model though yeah see how he translated yeah uh you know who we did get to see though again um, was uh, Ezra's parents, and while while I think they come into play in a, in a much bigger way toward the end of the episode, I really liked how they 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 they, they began the episode family reunion farewell the, the 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 series finale with Ezra sitting in the turn of the ghost and kind of talking to his parents because they've been a presence there throughout the entire series, and while we they've mm-hmm. they've referenced them less in in recent seasons um you know they, they've always kind of driven ezra you know his, his parents first it was you know he was hoping his parents were alive and then he realized his parents were dead um mm-hmm. and well yeah, they were it gives him an opportunity to kind of talk about his the new friends he's made on the ghost and how mm-hmm. much they mean to him steven go ahead i was like, like it was one of the things i think that you know even as fans we've kind of forgotten is that this really this show really was the story of Ezra growing from, you know, the boy that he is at the beginning to the, I'll say the man that he's at the end mm-hmm. um, and his desire to, you know, help Lethal. And it's really easy for us to be like, yeah, you know, it's Star Wars. It's about a boy who starts on a planet and then goes off and saves the galaxy because that's kind of the story we're used to. Mm-hmm. And I, I, just, I liked how well they tied this back in at the very end. Like all the pieces kind of just came back together perfectly. See the yeah. other part. the The other part of the puzzle was it was his mother and father that were kind of pushing 
with the underground uh, rebellion uh, with the radio at the beginning that they were kind of part of the rebellion at the start of all this. So they were the ones that kind of kicked this all off. Exactly. Yeah, they were. And so it, it's kind of nice to to come f- full circle in some ways. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, speaking of which, I, I thought it was, you know, nice that it started on Lothal and ended on Lothal. Mm-hmm. Totally. N- not even or, that. It, it speaking of Rebels, you know, and not ended, right. the episode, but the whole uh, series, you know, and, and basically how he... Um, you know, Ezra was was this boy who's just struggling to survive, and then he goes through this, you know, this journey and comes back, and then actually um, frees that entire planet. Yeah, and it's tempting to make it to try to make it a bigger story about a boy who leaves his planet and goes and saves the galaxy, but we we've kind of seen that before, and mm-hmm. it, it's a great story. Don't get me wrong. Um, but that that's not Ezra's story. And I like how they started and finished it on Lothal. And not just that, but they they actually use the exact same shot, but from the beginning and the end, uh, mm-hmm. which was nice, too. Um, we also got tie-ins, though, to uh, The Force Awakens. Did you guys catch that when Ezra tells his parents... You know, he says, "Yeah, well, we will finish what you started." It totally reminded mm-hmm. me of Kylo talking to yeah. Vader's helmet. Caught that. Uh, I will finish what you started. A much, uh, a much nicer line. Yes. Yeah, or ni- a nicer version one. of it. A good yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, I also thought they did a good job wrapping up the whole Callus arc as well. Um, at least, especially between Governor Price and Callus, because they, they, they. they have a moment to talk before the attack and governor price is, is basically telling callus that she, you know, he made the wrong choice betraying the, the empire and she doesn't understand his decision. And it, it's a nice opportunity for callus to reiterate that. No, he's, he's, he's happy that he betrayed the empire and, and, and joined the rebels. And, you know, callus as a character has come a long way in the series. And while we haven't seen him in a few episodes, it, it's nice to get that 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 sense of closure. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because that's actually the next thing I was thinking immediately was I love that he gets a chance to tell someone so high up in the em- empire why he left and defected and decided to go with the rebels because she sees them as, you know, the rebel scum that this viewpoint, the whole empire looks at them with. And his eyes were opened, basically, and he got this second chance to be a good person. And um, I, I really like that moment. I agree. I agree. Um, you know, and, and, and so they they go and uh, oh, well, actually, before I, before I move on, I also have to say I love Callus's black suit uh, when they when they attack. Oh, the, the black uh, imperial officer yeah, uniform. Yeah, that looks yeah. really good. Um, but anyway, moving moving on from uh, from Callus, um, w- w- they they attack the the Imperial Command Center, the um, the the dome, and that one was was just another really really cool fight scene. Uh, a- as you said, we had the whole moment with Hondo and with Melch, 
by the way, Melch is awesome, and I think we need some Melch merch. Um, oh, I totally yeah. agree with that. <laughs> no, William, you don't think I we just, need Melch merch. You just wanted to say Melch merch. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what's ha- what happened. <laughs> you, I, you got I, I me. Want, I want at least a one-shot comic with uh, Hondo and Melch. <laughs> that might yes. be interesting. Um, you know but, what I think we need? I think we need a Melch backpack, like they have a Porg backpack. I think we need a Melch backpack with that helmet on. <laughs> no, I think we need a Melch catapult. Uh, that works even better. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, the the other great moment was when Zeb jumps over the stormtroopers, and Ezra in the scout trooper armor tells him to blast Zeb, and then immediately shoots all the stormtroopers from behind, <laughs> or attacks them with his, his lightsaber from behind. Um, so many great moments, you know, Zeb holding open the blast doors so Sabine and Ketsu can jump inside and and jam the comms. Uh, I just thought the 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 entire. I mean, you could tell how much care was put into all of the fight scenes mm-hmm. in this episode. Every I think one, one of the one of my favorite uh, Zeb fight scenes was when he was fighting Rock for the last time, and when they were down with the I'm going to call them power core, power uh, the power core. Um, mm-hmm. That was actually never expected uh, Rock to be taken out the way he did, but. To tell you the truth, when Thrawn called up to find out what was happening with Rock, the lines that were said by Zeb <laughs> over the comm link was classic. Well, I liked even right before that when uh, Gregor's like, that guy's crazy. And they're like, it was your idea. Exactly. Well, yeah, you know what? That's a good one. That's right. Forgot that one, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that was that was amazing. But, um, but you know, you, you're right. That, that was Zeb at his... Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's not really br- well, brutal or harsh, but uh, that, he, Thrawn's well, like, you know, was, Rook, watch your status. And he says, and Zeb says, sorry, you'll have to call back. He's busy at the moment. And then we hear this really bad sound. And uh, he says, yeah, never mind about calling back. <laughs> that was the now, best. At this point, do you think that maybe it would have just been better if Sabine would have let Zeb kill him the first time? It's <laughs> like, was is it really that much more merciful to fry him like that rather than to uh, beat him to death? Oh, no, not at all. But, you know. Uh, yeah, but you wouldn't have gotten the same line that you got if it was that if it was done sooner. Yeah. I no, mean, was, that was a great payoff line that Zeb said. I mean, it was unfortunate that Rook eventually had to die, but it was... Um, yeah, I mean, oh, I was ready for him to die, though. He was He was making me so mad because... He would, um, you know, he he was such a, a pest, and then you're like, okay, they 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 got him, and then he'd come back, and you know, he'd jump just, on someone's back, he and just and, won't die. Honestly, yeah. Just because someone falls off a cliff two or three or four or five times doesn't mean he's going to die. He did fall hey, off look, multiple times. Even, okay, now wait a minute. Even back at the you're Spectre for- base, right? Well, that's true, but but you're also forgetting Wiley Coyote did it for many years. Look how many times he's come back. <laughs> true, true. Um, but he, you know, he 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 came back and 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 knocked out Gregor, Vizago, and Mart very quickly, and then mm-hmm. stole that that transport. And really, it's all his fault that um, uh, that that Thrawn was now to a certain extent. To a certain extent, and it was paid off later. You knew that was going to happen, though. Oh, of course. You, you you knew that basically all good plans basically survived the first five seconds of of contact, and after that, everything's out the window. So you knew that when it comes to this, whatever plan Ezra had in that base, something was going to go wrong. Yeah. And basically, Ezra did set this up for later that something was going to go wrong. 
Yeah. I, I, it's I, like what uh, Captain Cold says, <laughs> um, or I'm sorry, Snart in yeah. a, another show. Uh, he says, you make the plan, then you throw out the plan, and you make a new one. <laughs> yep, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, but we, as we see in this episode, Ezra had backup plans every step of the way. Like he told Mart, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I have a secret plan for you. I need you to go do, you know, X, Y, Z, uh, as, as we find out later. Um, every step of the way. Ezra has uh, knows what to go do. Um, Christy, though, I, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm 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 curious. Were you? What did you think of 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 Mart's much bigger role? I mean, he was a, he was a more of a minor character before, but I was surprised he had a fairly large role in the in the series finale. Even being you know the 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 sole member of the um uh, the sole person who's not part of the Ghost Crew to be featured in the very end of the episode. Uh, with it's, I mean, it's him alongside uh, uh, Hera and Sabine and and Zeb um, and Chopper at the very end. What did you think of of, of Mart's larger inclusion? That completely surprised me as well. And then especially with the role that he was given by Ezra to, as we all know, bring in the space whales, which we never saw coming back, or at least Mm -hmm. I didn't. Um, Because, I mean, Mart was just so minor. I thought that it was going to be, you know, one of those give that guy a throwaway job that's not a big deal, not really important to the plan. And he was critical. He was very, very critical. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise Thrawn may have killed Ezra and then the whole plan would have been over. Yeah. But he's a fun character. I, I like Mart. Uh, I was just surprised. Especially because, you know, it's it's so obvious that he's named after Matt Martin. <laughs> Who, you know, <laughs> we, we, we love. Friend of the show. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. Um, and one of my... One of my favorite moments too was the uh, uh, when when Ryder uh, or, or Clancy Brown pretends to be Tom Kane playing Admiral Yularen, um, because when when they uh, they they issue Protocol Thirteen, one of the officers I think in Hangar Twenty Seven uh, basically asks Command to confirm the lockdown order because they don't believe the request, and so Ryder has to basically pretend to be Admiral Yularen. And confirm the order. Uh, I thought that was a, it was a, it was a nice moment, and, and it was. I have to admit, as a, as a Clone Wars fan, I always loved hearing Yularen's name being brought up again. Absolutely. Well, we got that, and we also got another admiral. Well, I don't think it was an admiral at the time, but we got another name that was shouted out later from the expanded universe or the oh, EU. Captain Palayan. Yes. I was so excited. I could care less about everything else that happened this episode, except the Peleon's back. <laughs> well, but wait a minute. That, but that's the question I have. Is Peleon back officially, or it was it Peleon's fleet that's now flat out destroyed? That's well, they, he doesn't say that they're destroyed. He just says they're gone. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and you did hear, you did hear Peleon. He, they, they did get yeah. in contact with him. Yep. And even, you know, even if uh, he's gone... Or sorry, even if the fleet is destroyed, that doesn't mean he didn't survive. Good point. We didn't uh, see a body. All, and all that being said, I am positive it was not meant as a, uh, you know, we're bringing Peleon back and much more of a, we had an opportunity to mention a fan favorite character, and so we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as I'd love to see the, that character return, 
I, I would, I'm not holding my breath for really. Seeing so him you, you don't think? I, I, I have I, a feeling that Zahn in the next book is going to figure out a way to make Pelayan survive. Well, then that's the question. Well, Where is that book placed? Yeah, I, I would actually say I don't think that book takes place now uh, after Rebels. It's got to be so? placed somewhere before. It's got to be before. Yeah. Yeah. Very and then good. that I could see Pelion being in it. Really can. Yeah. Although even then, it's, you know, I guess you'd have to tell a story basically in between uh, the last Thrawn novel. It's a, I don't think I don't think that's don't impossible, know. though. I don't know. I think. I mean, I, I, I think you could. I think you could still get Thrawn coming back. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll 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 dive into that a little bit more uh, in a, in a minute. But um, mm-hmm. you know, for now, Thrawn does come back, <laughs> and uh, he comes back from Coruscant, and he flies the Chimera, Chimera uh, over the city, and actually, pretty pretty smart move, right? Because the the rebels' whole plan was to take the um, the imperial the imperial ship and fly it into the air. I guess the it's the uh, the IPOF, the Imperial Planetary Occupation Facility. Ah, uh, yes, um, the IPOF. Yes, rolls yeah. right off the tongue. <laughs> yeah, God, it, those acronyms. <laughs> and, wow. uh, and, and and fly it into space and, and and explode it once all of the Imperial troops have been recalled onto the. Um, onto the do- into the dome which is actually pretty pretty devious you know it's it's a devious plan that backfired on them because you know they pulled off the mission of giving any everybody inside but once the rebels got inside there was one big problem all those stormtroopers were now <laughs> inside okay so it's not a perfect plan well no, <laughs> nothing is ever a perfect plan no no but Thrawn really had them cornered, and with Rook going to disable the city's shield generator, he could pretty much safely bombard the city without harming his own men, and and that was really kind of sad to see. Brutal. Um, as you know, as basically Thrawn opens fire on the on the city of Lothal, destroying large swaths of of the city, and really, you know, Ezra has no choice but to surrender, and 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 this kind of is where. We get to, I mean, the conversation between Ezra and, and Thrawn was, was, was great. Mm-hmm. But this this actually, surprisingly, this was the most emotional moment for me in some ways of the entire episode when, you know, we all of a sudden know that um, we, 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 we realize that Ezra is, is going to go to Thrawn alone. Mm-hmm. And he gives his lightsaber to Chopper. And that's never good. When, when a Jedi gives up his lightsaber... That's never good, and I'm like, oh no, is this is this the is this the end? And you know, Hera and, and and everyone else tries to come up with a an alternative plan so that they can take out Thrawn without Ezra going to him. And just Sabine and Ezra share a knowing look, and that look was heartbreaking. Exactly, and th- this is where that it just I got hit by that wave. Of, every time I watch, it, I get hit by that wave of emotion. They they share that look, and then. Uh, you know, and, and, and Ezra looks at Chopper, and Chopper opens the vent in the ceiling. And, and you know, we, we used to joke all the time about how you know, the, once again, Ezra's crawling through a vent in the ceiling, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and so this time it was it was so emotional to 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 see 
him kind of look up at the vent and, and say one last time and then, you know, crawl through it while Sabine knowingly distracts the rest of the group. I'm still getting like chills talking about it. Um, talking about it now. It was, it was so, so perfect, but, Mm -hmm. um, and that you know that then Hera is going to try and involve him in the discussion and realizes yep. he's gone. Yeah. And it and was, it was Sabine late. who sat there and made her realize, look at you've got to trust him. You, you've mm-hmm. got to let him do this. Yeah. Well, and, and to call back to the point where you're talking about the conversation between Ezra and Thrawn, then shortly after, it feels like you're about to see an Alderaan all over again. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And, and it also has a very uh, Return of the Jedi or, or, or Force Awakens uh, vibe, too, when when Ezra arrives in the Chimera uh, in binders uh, and, and is escorted to Thrawn by the stormtroopers. That that whole yep. scene is just beautifully done. Mm-hmm. Were the death troopers in there? I couldn't I couldn't tell. Were they just the stormtroopers wearing I, black or were they actual de- uh, death troopers? No, I think you're right. I think they were right. death troopers. Yes, you're right. And, and, no, that's and okay. Because well. yeah. because that was I have to say out of all of it because I saw it on the big screen it was kind of hard to read that one section when he got on the ship if they were the actual death troopers or as we have seen the stormtroopers that were just flat out dressed in black. Yeah. So I have a question. Um, maybe you guys noticed that um, the stormtroopers. You know, we we had that one squad of stormtroopers that were wearing orange pauldrons. Yep. But they actually had a symbol on their pauldron. Do we know what that symbol is about? I noticed it too, and I have no idea what that meant. Not I, I didn't, all three of them had it. It wasn't just one. I think all three of them had that. Yeah, I didn't know if that was like maybe, uh, like Thrawn's wasn't symbol. It, yeah, wasn't so. it the Ysilmiri? No. Uh, I mean, it, it no, was it, it was, was very circular. circular so maybe yeah. it's like the you know f- uh, front face of uh you saw Mary? I don't, i'm not sure yeah i i saw it it was very hard i picked it up as very hard to read but i know that there was something on there i almost wanted to say okay it looked like a paw print like a dog paw print but that probably wasn't it well it, uh, i mean to me it kind of looked like a face like on the the best way i would describe it is it looks almost like a, a tiki face or something if that mm-hmm. makes sense mm. Interesting. I'll have to go back and and, we'll search. and look. Um, I'm actually trying to look look now, but uh, yeah. Okay, so the conversation right, right. you have yeah. with Ezra and Thrawn on the bridge. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. No, it it was a uh, yeah. The conversation between Ezra and Thrawn was fantastic. No, go ahead. Yeah, the, you know, uh, I I thought they they had a. The, it's so great to see Thrawn. Um, you know, he he thinks he's so high and mighty, and that you know the the archaic Jedi teachings were you know uh, were were wrong. They always choose the morally option, correct option versus the strategically sound one. And now they're like scattered mm-hmm. and, and and frightened and and beaten and hiding. Um, and uh, you know it, it kind of nicely contrasts the. Uh, the Jedi point of view from uh, with uh, with what the mm-hmm. the Empire sees and and and, and Thrawn and we get and our- what I found fascinating was Thrawn kind of I, I think what, what I found fascinating Thrawn mentioned something to the extent of he found it fascinating about the abilities of a Jedi but I don't think it was any concern of his it was just that they didn't use it properly. 
Well, I mean, Thrawn is, you know, there's a reason Thrawn is on the Empire. And, like, regardless of what his end goals are, his belief is that, you know, power and the ability to wield it is what defines a leader. And the fact that Ezra and the mm-hmm. Jedi, these beings that have the power to shape the galaxy and do good, uh, choose not to do so. Or at least not in the way that he would do so, mm-hmm. given the opportunity. And he can't understand that. No, it's completely alien to him. And not because he's an alien. <laughs> not because I, William, I'm not no. saying that Thrawn is an alien he can't understand. That would, that's just, no. Yeah. Uh, Tom, I don't know about you, but what, what did you, I, I, I love the, the, the next scene where Thrawn, completely unexpected, uh, Thrawn brings Ezra before the Emperor himself. Uh, but it's not the normal emperor, is it? No, it's not. It was basically a hologram. It looked like it was the holodeck from, no, sorry, that was the wrong series. Um, but it was a hologram that was in front of the pieces of the rebuilt Jedi temple that we last saw on the fall, I think a couple episodes back. And he looked like basically Sev Palpatine or Sev, Sheev, whatever his name, Palpatine. Thank you. Um, and he was being his, he was being his niceness self, if that's a word. Um, and he was really trying to sit there and say, you know what, you can, you can have it all again, Ezra. If you just go through this door, you go to the end, you open the portal, you can be with your family. That's what you want. It's I everything will- right in front of you. I loved he's, he has that one line. He's like, you know, I've been very busy governing the galaxy. Yes. <laughs> I'm so yes. sorry I haven't had a chance to call. You know how it is. And I, well, and I think the concept is of, of him using his Palpatine form instead of the Emperor form is just... I, I, I think it's been covered in previous EU works before. Michael, I, I know you were a big fan of this moment as well. Yeah, so, and it was actually twofold uh because from the first thing i thought of was uh lost stars mm. because it's you know it's mentioned um by uh sienna is that is that her name yeah Sien- yeah. So, yeah i knew it was some close to that at least um you know when she first sees the emperor um she's kind of surprised because the stuff that she'd seen of him prior it was his younger form, you know, that he had been portraying himself in his younger form. But uh, on top of that, then, you know, thinking about it a little further, I'm like, wow, this is just him tempting Anakin all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that there were some great parallels to that of when he, you know, basically pulled the same thing with Anakin and, and, and promise him, promising him, you know, what he wanted, which was, you know, this... Um, peaceful life um you know or basically to to help save uh, um a loved one yeah and uh, you know so it was just, like i said the, the parallel there was awesome I, i'm curious why do you think ezra would believe the emperor i mean he's he's seen what the emperor really looks like in, in the world between worlds and, and other times what do you think attracted him to the emperor's offer I think it's just the fact that um, because he knew it was possible, um, you know, because of what he he saw in in the world between worlds. So he knew that he could 
you know, that was a thing that it wasn't just simply uh, a trick that, that there was a, a possibility there. Um, and then further, I think it was just the fact that he really wanted, you know, because he wanted his parents back so badly that, um, you know, I think that's what caused the hesitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, e- either way, it was a, it was a, it was a great moment. And just the fact that they, they, you know, in, in the wolves in the door, we saw that the Jedi temple was missing, uh, the entrance. And we find out in this episode, this is where that entrance had been transported brick by brick. It is the exact same door that was missing, uh, in, pre- in last week. Um, and it, it's, it's so cool. And it ties in. I mean, do you, do you think that doorway is, 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 uh, is an entrance to the world between worlds or what do you think, uh, you know, by, by opening that, that doorway to Ezra's parents, is that just more symbolic, like him, him giving in to the emperor's temptations or is it like something, an access to something the emperor wants? I, I, I think it was basically, if you take it, take a look at it, like one of the portals, it was just one of the portals that Palpatine was able to manipulate to make Ezra think he could have what he wanted. And if you notice, there was that little button panel on the, the, the side that if he were to open that, that whole portal would open. Who's to say that actually would have given him what he wanted if he were to open that portal. And that may have been a thing to where Ezra kind of realized that, you know, he loves his mother and father very much, but he's got the new family now. And I, what I liked about that scene when he says, I got the new family now and you knew he was going to basically just, force push all the rocks away the smile on his parents face before he did it it was almost like we completely understand you've let us go son move on you know it's your time do you think that was actually them like was this actually some sort of connection you know across time and space or i don't think so i I don't think so see i i do because i I think that like i said that was because that was a piece of that (laughs) i i actually think that was and because also it it does give him that closure, you know, that he, he was, he, he wasn't just speaking to, a um, a fabricated okay. image of them that, um, he was actually getting to, to say goodbye to his mm. family. So I, I personally think that it was. Mm. Interesting. No, I could, now I could see it looking at it, looking at it from that point of view. I could see it. I like the, yeah, I don't know. A part of me thought it was just a trick, but I, th- the idea that maybe they are real and then he had the opportunity to go to them in some way, because we know that, they, that apparently time mm-hmm. can be manipulated in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of, kind of compelling that she has to choose to, to make him make it. So, but eventually he realizes that as with Canaan, right? The, the, the important lesson he learned in the void is that he, he can't, as much as you might want to save Canon, he can't because then everything else will be lost. And and the same is true here. He can go see his parents uh, and they'll be alive and he can have a the happy life he's always dreamed of. But you know, he 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 asks the Emperor what will happen and he to his friends and, and the Emperor completely ignores him. Um only saying, you know, that, that you know, you know, it's possible to change fate, and there are infinite paths with infinite possibilities, and and Ezra learns his lesson from the world between worlds with with Canaan and decides, no, I'm not gonna say. But that. I, I still kind of look at that as a lie, 
that Palpatine was just using as manipulation to get Ezra to basically, you know, give Palpatine what he wants. He didn't care what Ezra wanted. Who's to say that through that manipulation, Ezra went through that door and Ezra basically nothing. I mean, Ezra is destroyed. The, the Sith gets him or whatever. And he's just history done. And there is nothing from that point. Well, honestly, you want to know what, what I think would have happened? What? Okay. Um, is, yeah. And now this is uh, just, I guess, fan theory, whatever. But, um, oh, it's canon. <laughs> I, so my, my thought, I'm sorry? Oh, it's canon. <laughs> <laughs> this is right. Listen up, everyone. This is no, actual. Not, no, this is, no, not, <laughs> no, not going there. No, no, no. Anyway, go ahead. This is Hidalgo approved canon. Um, uh-uh, no, uh-uh. Sorry. <laughs> I think that um, what would have happened, I think he would have went through that door and I think he would have legitimately been there with his parents, but Palpatine knows now. And I think that essentially he would have found himself as uh, Palpatine's new apprentice. I I think that um, from, from that point on, Mm. he would kind of be on that track and he would end up, uh, he would have replaced Vader. So that would have been his first step to the dark side if he went through that door and Palpatine would have. I could see it. I could see it. Interesting. I like that idea. But only theory. No, but but instead he just when you think he's going to reach for the switch, he says he realizes he has to let his parents go. And he uses the force to tear down the hallway and he runs through uh, through the through the you know, back through the entrance as the temple's collapse collapsing and I just love the shot of Palpatine going from his kind old grandfatherly senatorial self to the emperor in the in his dark robes and like flickering back and forth and back and forth mm-hmm. as as Ezra that is was running. one of the it coolest was really cool. coolest things yeah yeah I, th- I think that that was definitely my favorite shot um, in this you know this these uh three episodes mm-hmm. if not rebels altogether oh I yeah thought that was so fantastic and it was it was almost kind of scary you oh, know totally. like it was <laughs> it was creepy yeah it was it was totally creepy yeah but so good and and, and what did you think of the imperial guards that yeah that, that the was door? another eu throwback uh I, th- those were cool too and, and they're their crazy staffs that they used to trap Ezra in the air were just, uh, well, crazy (laughs) and hold him in the air. And the only way he's able to escape is by basically flinging the rubble from the Jedi temple toward the door, taking them all out. Um, really, really cool. Yeah. Really cool. But I, I love that the, you know, the, the attire, he, he basically took the, uh, those Royal guard training, uh, attire from the Crimson Empire comic series. Yes. Oh, man. I got to go read that. You, you <laughs> do. Yeah. Um, it was it was very good. Uh so so the rebels attack the shield generator and <laughs> I I I have to you got to love uh Hera's comment about how Hondo and Melch have a uh, a special relationship. Um, They're bros. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. They have like a little bromance going on and uh, they, they attack the, the shield generator in a 
scene that almost reminded me of the series one, sorry, season one finale of Rebels back when the they fought the Inquisitor. Um, just just uh, stylistically, uh, and we find out that uh, the Zeb, Zeb says they're heading towards Sector GL44, which I have to believe is a reference to George Lucas, who was born in 1944. That's Absolutely. Awesome. That's yeah. just my guess, but you know, I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to bet money on that. You have picked up so much, William. I, a lot of that stuff just went right over my head. That one I completely missed. It's uh, it's cause I'm insane. Uh, <laughs> I'm just crazy. Um, it, that also no. true. Yeah. Um, no, I was just going to say, because you're younger than me and you, you pay more attention than I do. Uh, no, it's just, I waste too much time. Uh, <laughs> uh, I kid, I kid. Um, but you know, then I think things, things start happening fairly quickly. You know, we get the, 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 the bridge extends and, and, and Melch runs onto it in his shot. And we get the, the scene like you guys are talking about where, you know, Hondo is, <laughs> is mourning Melch and, you know, uh, Melch, why did you do that? Right. What were you thinking? You're a pirate, <laughs> not a hero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just kidding about that. Uh, rip Melch. Uh, and then of course, as soon as Melch wakes up a few minutes later, he, he changes his tune. Like I would tell him he's fortunate to be in my service because only that keeps him alive. <laughs> um, and, and we also get the, unfortunately the, 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 the death of, yeah, sadly, Gregor. the death of Gregor. Yeah, uh, with one of the great final lines I think we've ever seen had. Yeah, that line where he says, "You know, it's so like, I'm glad we got to ch- you know die fighting for what we chose to fight for." You know, absolutely like, was <sighs> just perfect. It has yeah. such a great yeah, job a great tying. Yeah, tying into the Clone Wars because that was the a huge, a huge plot point of the Clone Wars where the, the clones didn't have any choice. Uh, over what they wanted to fight for, and, and this time they did, and uh, and, yeah, and it was, that was like that moment, and you know, a couple others all just struck me as you know, Dave knew that he had an opportunity to close out not just Rebels, but you know, tie some of those threads from Clone Wars as well. Yeah, it just, I'm so glad they took the opportunity to do that. Yeah, me, me absolutely. too. Absolutely, it really kind of puts a nice bow on on everything that happens. Um, well, and and two, I think it also really helps that you know we we actually got a a death, um, you know, rather than just I mean, yeah, Gregor is a bit of a side character, but he's still someone that you know we know from Clone Wars. So it was, mm-hmm. you know, it it was a death that did sort of hit you, and um, you know, it actually gave that battle a sacrifice instead of just everybody making it out okay yeah yeah because that's that's one thing when it came to the battle the good guys not didn't lose many people in fact they didn't lose anybody at all except for gregor if you take a look at the imperial side oh they lost an awful lot Mm -hmm. and and dave floney commented on that you know he said in the q a that in the original trilogy it's 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 not a bloodbath right Um, yeah and there's no reason why rebels shouldn't be this i think they they he figured out how to get around some of the the, the, the bigger question marks um, for the for the series, but they didn't have to kill everyone. They they killed Kanan because it made sense for that character. They killed Gregor mm-hmm. um, because honestly, as, as you were saying, um, Michael, he's he's a bit more of a minor character as much as we love him, uh, but it helps give some some additional uh, weight to the series finale. 
but they didn't need to kill everyone, and I'm glad they didn't. No, uh, totally. I agree with you on that respect. Yeah. So they, um, Christy, I, I, I have to ask, what, what, what did you, what did you think when, you know, Ezra walks onto the command bridge and takes out the, the, the death troopers, and all of a sudden the Purgles appear out of nowhere, being led by Mart and the and the and the crew of the Ghost. Were you expecting the Purgles? No, I wasn't at all. And uh, that's what I was saying back when we were talking about Mart having this unexpectedly big role in the final battle. Um, it, you don't expect the Purgles to come back at all. I mean, you know, I thought that way a long time ago in the show was the only time we were ever going to see them. I like calling them space whales affectionately. Um, yes. <laughs> but uh, so a, it was I cool. I think that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I love that they can suddenly go into hyperspace whenever they feel like it. Me, me too. And it it was the perfect way to get Ezra out out of there, right? Mm-hmm. Out of the original yeah. trilogy, while still keeping him around at the same time. Um, you know, the the Purgles make short work of the Star Destroyers, and. And you know, it's it's a way for them to to get Thrawn and Ezra out and have a victory of sorts without actually killing either character. Mm-hmm. Right. And, Since we're still showing this on Disney, they have right. to be careful about how they're killing people right. off. Right. And, and they don't uh-huh. really want to kill them in 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 general. You know. I mean. Right. It. They don't. They don't want to have to kill them, and it's nice that they can they can keep those characters alive. Um, but before we continue, uh, Michael, I know, I know it's getting uh, a, a little late for you, uh, and, and, but I want to, want to thank you for, for joining us. Yeah. Thanks uh, for coming on, Michael. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, definitely glad to, to be able to sit and talk about this with some friends cause it was actually a, a really epic end to, uh, the series. It was, it was, um, do you want to tell people where they can, uh, where they can find you real quick? Uh, nah, I'm good. Because you're from parts unknown, right? Uh, <laughs> that's right. Just, you know, um, yeah, I'm just at more Sizely on, uh, both, uh, Facebook or Twitter and Instagram. And then of course, uh, cloud city casino, uh, did the podcast over there on star Wars report network. And, um, you know, you can just find those, uh, you, you know, you can find that on uh, both Twitter and Facebook as well. Awesome, awesome. Okay. And 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 before you go, one more quick question: If you, we haven't quite finished reviewing the episode yet, I know, and we're just getting to the meat of the uh, of the episode. But um, if you had to review it, what would you give it? Um, I think since we talked about no AP five, I'll, I'll take off a, a half uh, <laughs> womp rat for that. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, I take. And those uh, nine and a half womp rats were actually uh, riding on the back of uh, Loth Wolf number three. <laughs> okay, that's a Very wild cool. ride during that during that whole fight. I like it. And that half womp rat is what's yeah. cracking me up. Well, the half womp rat's still in the Loth Wolf's teeth, so. Uh, <laughs> right, right. That's why. It's all- <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining. Yeah, thanks us. for coming on. Uh, Thank you, guys. We will talk to no you problem. soon. Um, yep. 
I, I want to back up one second. Yeah, yeah. When we were in the middle of the screening, William, and when um, Mart came in with the ghost with the unexpected uh, help, who did you think they were or who did you think was going to come in? Because first off, I didn't expect, I didn't know what to expect out of what was going to happen. Yeah, actually, I actually leaned over uh I actually leaned over to you and started to give you my prediction as uh, as soon as it uh, as soon mm. as Mart said he was going to go call someone. I yeah. thought they were going to go call um, all of the old uh, droids from the Clone Wars. Remember um, in uh, that uh, in, final battle episode? Yeah, in season three, I thought they were going to go back and 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 bring and yeah in the, in the last battle. Um, Thank you. I thought that maybe they were going to go back and 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 bring those droids back in and and help them save the day um but no uh because you know they're using like an old frequency um mm-hmm. but uh nope that that was that was not it uh but that's okay yeah, i you know when, it, when you when you said that believe it or not it's not that i wasn't paying it i had no idea what you said when you said that because yeah you, you said, <laughs> yeah I was yeah. like, I was just so so wrapped up in watching what was on the screen, and you said that, and then the guy next to me kept saying, oh, "I don't want to cry, I don't want to cry." <laughs> I'm like, I just didn't hear a thing. So, yeah, but no, we we didn't get any more Kalani, but that's okay. No, um, we, uh, uh, you know, I I loved where uh, how they did it. The Purgles were just so so out of left field, and yet so mm-hmm. perfect. Um, well, it, it fit with Ezra because Ezra had that connection with. With the I'll say at the animal world, mm-hmm. he's able to manipulate that that species uh, or species mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call them. And then he had that connection with the Purgle. How many episodes or seasons ago? Right, I'm lost. right. And and actually, what's what's brilliant about this plan is it's the one thing that Thrawn could have never predicted. No, you know, not at all. Um, Thrawn, he 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 knows everything, right? Or or seems to know everything, but. The the inclusions of the per, of the Purgles, completely out of left field, and that's what I think makes it succeed because he can't predict it. Mm-hmm. And also, I love that it's you know they're talking about how it the Purgles are taking out other ships uh, in the Empire's group that are there with Thrawn just by bumping into them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, they got hard heads. Yeah. They're not being shot down. They're no. just being bumped into. <laughs> yeah. What, what yeah. do you think, Stephen? I, I was going to say, just actually, I don't have anything to add. It was really, really cool and very well done. <laughs> and, and I, I love. Think, uh-huh. No, go ahead. I love the, the surprise from all of the other rebels, too, who obviously were not told about this plan. You know, Sabine turns to Hera and says, when did this become part of the plan? Mm-hmm. Uh and, uh, and and even later, after um, after it's all done, uh, Wolf uh, calls up and says, "Um, was that part of the plan?" You know, like <laughs> everyone is completely stunned. Uh, and, but it worked so so well. And two things that got me. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. But no, two things do. that got me about about that. One, when the Purgles started wrapping them, wrapping themselves around Thrawn's ship. Mm-hmm. You had the two on the sides and all of a sudden the one in the center. And naturally, the one in the center is the one that's grabbing Thrawn. And here's Ezra using the force to keep the troopers at bay, you know, behind him. And turning Thrawn around to face hyperspace. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
That was one thing that got me. The second thing that got me was almost a replay of what happened in The Last Jedi, where there was almost dead silence after everything went away. After all the Purgle left, the Simmera left, and the Rebels are just sitting there at that control panel, basically with their mouths open, before Wolf says, was that part of the plan? It was almost as if it was dead silent again. Yeah. Yeah. That I thought was really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I, and did you love that that scene with Ezra holding them was then likened to Kanan holding yes. back the flames? Like a mirror yep. image. Oh, yep. it was so perfect. I guess it's the way all Jedi yeah. die in Rebels, or or not die in this case. Um, the other thing no. I liked, and this was, um, you know, again, tying everything together. Do you remember Bendu's prophecy to Thrawn? He says... I see your defeat like many arms wrapped in a cold embrace. That's exactly what it was. That is so, and it was spot on. Uh huh. Yeah. It's exactly what happens to him with the arms of the Pergo. I was trying to remember it. Oh, it was perfect. It was, Mm -hmm. again, the little things all coming together at the very end. And, you know, it was, it was, it was very sad to see Ezra finally realizing that, you know, as Kanan taught him with his last lesson, sometimes you have to sacrifice yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it may not be what you want to do, but it's what you sometimes have to do. And you have to give yourself up for uh, for for your friends. And uh, and you know, he 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 jumps into hyperspace with the Purgle and Thrawn and disappears. Do you think? Do you think he's alive? Absolutely. I, you know what? And that's the thing. I, I think they're both alive. I think there is too. Where, where in time and space? No one knows. Because if you listen to Rebels Recon, he's the, Dave Flynn confirms they are both definitely alive. Um, <laughs> Actually, I nice. didn't watch Rebels Recon. But, um, but I think it's perfect. And it gets them out of the way because now... They can go through the original trilogy, and Ezra is not around. There's no Jedi left. Kanan's dead. Ezra is somewhere. If I had to guess, he's probably somewhere in the unknown regions. That's mm-hmm. my theory. Okay, um, but there was there was one thing Thrawn did say to Ezra, because he did mention he mentioned Kanan by name, he mentioned Ezra by name, and he said basically the Jedi are scattered, or few and far between scattered. So even Thrawn says there could be some out there scared hiding. But there are still some Jedi out there. True, but he also says they're all untrained for the most part. Well, that part, is very and, true. Or too. young, or 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 whatever. But um, had Ezra was already connected with the rebels, he wouldn't have. It wouldn't have made sense for him to just hang out in Lothal for the rest of his life. So ha- he went to him, Octu. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so getting him out of the galaxy, and, and and I think is is a really interesting idea. And you know allows him to potentially come back later. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I thought it was just very, very well done, uh, and kind of it allows us to almost have a, an end for Ezra and and Thrawn without having an end for Ezra and Thrawn. Yeah, um, yeah. Although now, we all wanted this to be the end for Thrawn. <laughs> did you? Did you want Thrawn to die? I did. Really? Really? Uh, oh. How come? 
although he is a wonderful villain, mm-hmm. I felt like it was time for the rebels to get a win against him and to just no. take him out. They, but mm. they did get a win against him. They took out Rock. They took him out, well, and they and they so took that, out Thrawn. That's a partial well, they, win. They they got him out of the game. They surprised him with the introduction of the Purgle. Hmm. True. Yeah. Once Ezra and Thrawn jump into hyperspace, the rebels decide, okay, they can put their plan into action. They uh, prep the the IPOF for the dome, which is called the dome, for launch and start the activation sequence. And um, I was surprised they actually offered Price a way out. You know, they said, you know, you can you can join us and we'll we'll spare your life. And she says, you know, I'll, I'll serve the Empire till the end. And I just loved Ryder's response. Was so. Not much longer than. <laughs> um, I mean, accurate. Yeah. So the rebels escape through the window, get up to the ghost as they had originally planned, and uh, they're able to, to fly off. And as soon as the dome is safely up and away and over the sea, it explodes. And I, I thought it was just so appropriate that Sabine was the one to activate the dome and and. and destroy the 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 symbol of oppression the, in the city um, i was gonna say the biggest explosion we've seen yet in this episode yeah yeah exactly. this show, I the think, girl even. that loves a good bomb yep yep <laughs> it was uh it was it was perfect and and you know all of a sudden we find out that there's an uh, there's a message uh in i don't know it's a little cliche but you know i think it was it was it was well done and it worked it, it's, it's a nice way for ezra to kind of say goodbye to everyone he acknowledges that there were there were multiple things multiple paths he could have taken and but this was when he had to take and if he didn't want to and you know he gives he gives zeb the top top bunk back he gives uh you know hera a, a melu run one of the you know the fruits and nice uh, touch back. yeah again mm-hmm. all callbacks and and tells sabine that he's counting on her for something and he says, I couldn't have wished for a better family and I can't wait to come home, uh, which I think leaves the door open quite a bit. Um, oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say quite a bit. <laughs> uh, even even more so than that. Um, yeah. You know, and, 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 and so that, that kind of leads us leads us into the the coda, which was so perfect with mm-hmm. and. And apparently the, the the cast and crew of of Rebels, most of them didn't even know about this. They thought that that scene with all the crew and the ghosts was the end, um, where Ezra says goodbye. And they didn't know that uh, T.S. Sirkar had recorded additional lines after they all left with the true mm-hmm. ending of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and this was a p- complete cool surprise. I mean, Tom... Yep. I, I, you weren't expect. Were you expecting the 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 time jump? I did not expect the time jump. Uh, I didn't expect it to be so far into the future for the time jump, but it did explain where the characters were. You could look at it as where the characters were at that time, mm-hmm. um, because basically Lethal, if I understand Dave correctly during the question and answer session, um, the Emperor because he had lost battles. Not just you know, not just Lethal, but elsewhere. There's his attention went elsewhere, so he, he lost Lethal. There's no point of him going back because there are other things going on uh, in the galaxy. 
So, okay, so I lost this battle. I'll go move somewhere else to see if I can win that one. So mm-hmm. oh, that's why Lethal is never mentioned again, because the Emperor was going somewhere well, else. I mean, you figure, like, obviously he loses the Death Star uh, mm-hmm. very soon after this. The Rebel Alliance as a whole suddenly becomes a much bigger deal. And the one thing he actually cared about on Lethal has been already been destroyed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Certainly, he would uh, be interested in punishing the planet at a later date, but there's, you know, there's no reason for him to, like, you know, he'll get there eventually. Once yeah, he's right. crushed the rebellion, then he can come he's back. Got, and yeah, he's got bigger <laughs> things to worry his about. Well known. And with a Death Star, he can destroy any planet he wants at any time, so he doesn't really need to worry about putting down a a rebellion on Lothal. And and mm-hmm. and in doing so, this this is actually the perfect out, I think, for the series where they can have a victory. Um, without it being a victory in some ways, like it's it's a it's a smaller victory, it's a more personal victory, and yeah, they saved the planet, but you know the emperor empire could easily come back and win if they wanted, and so mm-hmm. they were in this kind yeah. of this weird spot where they have to have a, a end to a series that's happy and and victorious, while also not having a big enough victory that it messes up the crawl of a new hope, right, and without de- defeating the empire because we know the empire has to be in, you know, at the height of their power in a new hope. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I thought that that was a nice way of doing it. And by jumping forward, they can provide closure on the bigger elements of the series uh, while letting us just have the more personal ending of, uh, on Lothal itself. Mm. And, and from the, and from the sound of it, Lethal never really joined the rebellion. They basically were just there, just they were able to defend themselves if anything were to happen. So. Right, right. And and one thing I loved is that we, you know we we get to see finally we get to see a crowd cheering through the city. I know one of our complaints uh, earlier was that that, that parade um, in um, <clears throat> in Doom we never actually get to, got to see, and this time we did get to see that giant giant crowd, which was which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and more importantly in that, in that, f- the code in that, that flashed forward, we see an older Sabine with a shorter haircut and new armor. Notice that she actually has a, a, a painting of a purgle on her, her left mm-hmm. shoulder and mm-hmm. she stands out and looks out over the city from the tower, Ezra's old home back in the series premiere. And she, she's, she's leaning against the railing in the exact same way we saw Ezra when the series was introduced, when the series first began. Such a nice touch. Yeah. But this and time there's a loath cat. Yes, there is. But this time it's Sabine looking out over a shining, sparkling metropolis where the crumbling city used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and then a ship flies right over, heading right toward that city with an X-wing escort. Yes, and, and this is where she starts to to, to kind of narrate everything that that happened, and we find out, you know, about the uh, the uh, the Empire not attacking Lothal. Um, but we also discover that uh, Hera and Rex fought in the Battle of Endor. Mm-hmm. That was Which we indeed thought might be coming when we saw the picture of Rex in the Endor-like attire at Celebration. Yes, and that yeah. was so cool. It, they were they were able to confirm that this whole episode Rex had the big uh, the big beard uh, that mm-hmm. his character well, in the same Endor helmet had. type as well. The yep. kind of like yep, I don't even know what to call it. Yeah, that, well, that he, Endor Endor he had the same uniform. Yeah, he had basically yeah. the same uniform. 
Mm-hmm. He did. And it's, it, and it's a, that's a nice touch, you know, actually tying that together as we, as we speculated. Um, and I loved how they, they were able to kind of give closure for each character. Uh, for example, um, Steven, you know, we get Callus's ending. Um, I was, yeah. Like Callus goes back to, uh, the new Lasat homeworld with Zeb, which is one of those things like we forget about because it was really just a big thing in like seasons one and two. But, you know, mm-hmm. part of Kallus's, uh evil was that he'd supposedly destroyed these, you know, the Lasat people. And so finding out that, no, that's not actually the case. It's just a really cool moment of redemption for him. And not only mm-hmm. was uh, is the is is the planet Lyrasan alive, or all the Lasat alive on Lyrasan, but he actually goes and lives on Lyrasan with Zeb as friends. Mm-hmm. Which is a nice a nice touch. It's a good way to wrap him up because now you don't have to explain where he was during all of that that was going on. Yeah. 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 Um the bigger surprise though, Christy, was Jason Sindula. Uh Spectre Seven. Yes. Uh and there were gasps in the audience. Uh, oh, I'm sure when, when this that reveal leads us to the unanswered uh. question. <laughs> well, what what did you think? Uh Hera and, and Kanan had a kid. Midichlorians. Sorry. <laughs> um well it, my first thought was Oh, I thought they just kissed for the first time. That was my reaction as well. <laughs> that was a lot of people's reactions. <laughs> I figured. And you're like, oh, well, they did more than that, apparently. They have a kid. Um, but it was a really sweet moment that they give the fans, I feel, to have it like this is her next generation. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that, oh, he loves to fly, too. And, well, we all know about his father. I, I just thought that was such a sweet moment. And the name, Jason with a C? That's just, uh, that's asking for trouble. <laughs> no. I thought that was, that was fan service. That was fan service. They, they knew Jason Solo no longer exists in the, in the new EU. And so I think it was, it was cool that they were able to repurpose the name Jason just like you know the name Ben was repurposed for um Han and, and Leia's son instead mm-hmm. of Luke's son although I'm um, um, we better hope he doesn't become a Jedi because that means he's either goes to Luke's Academy and dies or goes to Luke's Academy leaves and becomes a Knights of Ren so <laughs> well I think looking at um you know he he I think he's learned from he will have learned from Ezra and will love animals just like Ezra did so you know, it ties in nicely with uh with Jason Solo. <laughs> and I will say too, we um didn't mention I like that they have Sabine walk toward Ahsoka and that it really answered that question um in these last few episodes of uh also another thing from celebration, whether or not Ahsoka lives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean we, we didn't get a chance to talk to you, Christy. Um in, after World Between Worlds, were you surprised by, or how, what did you think of the the reintroduction of Ahsoka? Oh, I was shocked. Really? I was so shocked and excited because, I mean, I, I thought when you see that first scene where Ezra is watching her fight Vader, you know, we all remember how that episode ended, where it's that big question. You just saw the door close and didn't know what happened to her. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I thought we were just going to watch Ezra see her die again or something. And um, instead, he's able to pull her out of that moment in the past. And now she's living. I mean, I guess, you know, we never really knew that she died. So it's possible. But Mm -hmm. it it seemed like a huge reach. um, Pardon my word. um, To have her be pulled out of that moment in time and now be in Ezra's current time. Yeah. And that's why I I get the impression that she. um, I'm curious to hear what you you guys think, Tom and Stephen. But I get the impression that she went back to Malachor in her own time and and maybe couldn't get out for some time we, we don't know how long it took her to get back to the main the galaxy but ezra's last words to ahsoka were find me when you get out come find me when you get out right mm-hmm. or, uh, mm-hmm. so you assume she's going to yes now that takes on so much the, those words take on so much more weight now that you know that it's not just come find me on Lothal when you get out, but like, no, literally come find me when you get out. Cause I'm somewhere in the galaxy and I don't know where, and I need rescue. Right. And the, I just love the concept of Sabine and, 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 and Ahsoka teaming up to go find Ezra. Cause that's mm-hmm. what Sabine realizes, you know, that's, that her purpose is not just to stand and protect right? Lothal. Oh, it has to be right. There's too perfect of a setup there. To like not take advantage. I mean, of it, right? Sabine's final words in the series are Ezra's out there somewhere and it's time to bring him home. And then we see Ahsoka. Like, it's gotta yep. be. It's gotta mm-hmm. be. It, like, and how great now are, are there these stories that you would love to have all these mini series of, like the adventures of Sabine and Ahsoka? Oh. Or even in book format. I would just love to read yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I- Books, comics, I mean, the the multimedia stuff is endless when it comes to this kind of yeah. thing. Ahsoka mm-hmm. was the breakout character of the Clone Wars, though. And, and, mm-hmm. and Sabine is, in many ways, the breakout character of Rebels. Um, and, and so no, you... no, 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 no. I think the breakout character for Rebels, Chopper. Well, we'll, yes. we'll get to that in just a minute. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, we're going to get know, that. Sabine minute, really came into her think... own in, 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 in this series. And. I think that concept of the two of them going to team up and, 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 and going on this adventure to find Ezra could be really compelling for a series, especially if we get to go into like the unknown regions or something and see mm-hmm. new, unique and strange parts of the galaxy, which we know Filoni loves. So uh, I think it's a, it's a really cool, really cool concept. And you got to love how devious Filoni is. Uh, if you guys remember, um, I don't know, a, a year, maybe two ago at this point, he put out those tops cards uh, with artwork of Ahsoka, and that ended up being the portals and other things um, as part of the, in, in the world between worlds. But people right. didn't know it at the time. He actually told us how Ahsoka lived without telling us how Ahsoka lived through this artwork. Wow. And mm-hmm. again, in this episode, the artwork of Ahsoka clothed in that cloak and the staff that's been around for a long time i was actually trying to find it and i couldn't uh i couldn't remember where it was but that artwork has been out there for years and to see it you know translated onto the screen as that final shot of ahsoka was just beautiful absolutely beautiful yeah it's so much potential and, and also that 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 
that mural of the ghost crew was a nice mm-hmm. that mural was pretty cool like, perfect nice way to end like perfect final shot yeah yep. yeah but um you know we, we we iris out we get the traditional iris out to the credits now for the first time and instead of getting you know the rebels theme we get an actual traditional star wars fanfare um just like you know the end of any star wars movie and i love how they, they, they actually did that this time and you know we, we've gotten the whole series where it's been a little different but at the very end we get that iris out and and, and kevin kiner gets to do his take on john williams main theme you can tell it's a little different he, he has to take some creative liberties with it but you know every every star wars film has a slightly different variation on it um but then it transitions into the rebels main theme and uh they really took the opportunity to credit everyone in these credits mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, henry gilroy Kiri hart simon kimberg and stephen melching all get writing credits for this episode for the first time along with filoni um and, uh, you know, we get all of the main cast with the, their own uh, solo credit, just, you know, one by one by one, including Freddie Prince Jr., who, who's no longer in the series anymore. And a certain droid. What did you guys think of that? With the reveal of who plays Chopper after all these years. Was wonderful. About time. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty cool the crowd went wild yeah it's none other than dave filoni himself (laughs) which which he actually he he did a great story he sat there and he goes you know what they were putting together a pilot episode i guess that's they had to pitch it i guess to bob Iger. Mm -hmm. so they put together this pilot episode and they were trying to figure out a voice for the the for chopper and i guess he just did it on a whim they put the pilot in front of bob Iger, and i guess I guess Iger sat there and goes, you know, I like that droid or I like the sound of that droid. And then here's Filoni going, Oh no, what did I get myself into? <laughs> that does sound like a Dave Filoni type of problem. It yeah. Does. And, and but Filoni even talked about how like the cast would always ask him and the crew would t- ask him to do the chopper voice and he never would do it for them ever. And it was this huge secret. I mean, the only person he really, I mean, the cast knew that he was chopper. Um, but outside of that, the only per- the only people that knew, the only person that knew was his little girl Elise that he told way back at Celebration Anaheim. Uh, this little couple, you know, how how many years old she was, but she was very young, and she never told mm-hmm. a soul. She never told yep. anyone. It was so cute too. So it was nice to go from seeing that moment in person. Uh, Michael and I got to be there to see him do that with her, and then now get to finally see it come full circle and see who really voiced Chopper. Um, I did want to add, if you guys didn't see on Twitter, a really funny moment that um, Sam Witwer said, uh, it's stunning after all this time, someone I consider a friend, Dave Filoni, taking all the credit for voicing (laughs) Chopper. (laughs) Miss that. That's great. Uh, so at first you're thinking wait was it sam no it's not um so yeah i I mean this 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 series that the finale i think was just so so perfect um the animation and 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 the the music were just top notch and i liked how this was a more personal episode it was not you know it had it had stakes but it was not galaxy changing it was it was more about lothal and and the crew of the ghosts and they got their time 
to shine in in each case. And it really feels like what Dave was saying himself at Celebration Orlando um, last year, that he didn't get the chance with Clone Wars to close up ties the way he mm-hmm. wanted to. And with this, he really got to write it out the way he wanted to. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, one of the things I'm actually glad they didn't do was make Price the big bad guy at the end. She was, uh, she was a villain and she died on the, um, on the dome when it exploded and we saw how villainous she was, but she wasn't the ultimate bad guy. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. glad they kind of reserved that for not even, not even, it, it was Thrawn, but not Thrawn at the same time as well. Oh, and it wasn't no, really Thrawn, the emperor, Thrawn but it was the bad guy. What? Thrawn was not the ultimate bad guy in the series. It, it, I think in the end, it probably would be the ultimate bad guy naturally is going to be the emperor. Mm-hmm. But even then he, yeah. he wasn't, he wasn't the one fighting, you know, they didn't have this big epic battle against a villain and you don't need that. You know, and I, I like, I like how they did it. Uh, I thought they did a good job. Steven, do you think the original Thrawn backstory could still work? At this no, point. this no? at this point, I think that's out. You know, the, the we don't have Rook, which was kind of a key piece for Thrawn's backstory, and I I think they've actually you know they've decided they're going to do something more interesting. Like I guess it's possible, you know, there's a resurgent story, but I think what we're actually going to see is, uh, like whatever the next series is, Ezra and Thrawn, I think will both have a part to play, and I'm not sure they'll be in their traditional roles necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, I, because the only thing is, I don't think we'll see the Empire or the First Order as the villains of the next series. I think we're going to see something else. Well, if you if you want to look at it this way, if you go into the unknown regions, do you think it'll be the Chiss? Uh, I could see something with the Chiss. You could do something kind of like the Vong, you know, or at least headed mm-hmm. that direction. Oh, but yeah. I thought somebody uh, said that that's that's out. They're not going to do that. Well, they were originally going to bring it into Clone Wars, but if you go into the unknown regions, there's no reason why you couldn't have. The Vong, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I don't think we're going to see, like, I don't think the next series will be about the Empire. I think it's going to be something different. And that makes me wonder if Thrawn will play a large role. And if we see, uh, you know, like, something kind of more like what Pelion did in the original Thrawn trilogy and beyond, where, like, the people like Thrawn and the Empire do, they most of the people in the Empire are fighting for something that they believe in. And the fact that it's something different is you know an interesting point of discussion and I, so mm-hmm. i wonder if that's the direction they're going to head that makes it a fascinating series it'll be I interesting it could be weird and different and new and yet still still familiar now which is what dave filoni loves to do so. it is it perfectly mm-hmm. describes filoni and I love, by the way, I just have to say when Price um, was about to die, basically, um, and the rebels are leaving, that um, Ryder says, like, are you going to come with us? And Price says, no, I'm going to serve the Empire until the end. And he goes, so not very long. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, so. and to kind of circle back to, to Dave Filoni, it seemed like when during the interview and he was talking about how he and George used to work together. You could tell that in a way he misses working with him, but he also sat there and really appreciated George kind of like pushing him. And it's like, well, well, why not, you know, try this, you know, and, and, and you could tell, and the way I look at this series, this was still 
George still had a hand in this because George Lucas taught and George Lucas taught Dave how to tell a Star Wars story. And that's what you saw within the series. So it'll be interesting to see when it goes into the next series, you know, if that is still, it will be there. I mean, it's not an if, it will be there because mm-hmm. Dave, if he does do it, will have a hand in it. So I'm looking for whatever is coming next. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Uh, yeah. When, uh, when do you think we will get the, uh, when do you think we'll we'll get the announcement on the next series? I, I think we get it this fall. I think it starts this fall, I should say. You think so? No you think it's that soon? Uh, I think so. They, you know, they've had enough lead time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I should say, I think it'll either be this fall or next spring, depending on, mm-hmm. you know, what sort of show they, like they tend to do fall break for Christmas and then spring as kind of finishing up. And I expect them to continue that pattern. And they had the lead time here to know, like, hey, let's, you know, let's get started on that project and start yeah. getting pieces together. I mean, they they and had it, they had to have been, you know, I mean, they they, they were writing the, the the series finale probably a year year and a half or more ago, so that's plenty of time to begin work on a on a on a, on a new series, especially with well, the door left so wide open like it was here. Yeah, and I think the key for what they're going to end up doing is it's going to be set post return of the Jedi. And that meant they needed last Jedi to finish setting up some of the key pieces of that time period, like what Luke is doing and what that looks like before they could think about exploring it. And that line, you know, a year, year and a half ago lines up with when that they would have had that answer as the last Jedi kind of finished up its script and went into production. That's true. That's true. When, when the clone wars was canceled, uh, the, the show, Disney, I believe Disney acquired Lucasfilm in 2012, right? Correct if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, October 2012. Uh, in um, in March of 2013, that's when the Clone Wars was canceled. And then in May, it was like I think it was like May 23rd, May 20 something, um, early May 20s. Uh, that's when they announced Star Wars Rebels, coming out a year and a half later, the the the, the fall of the next the next year. In this case. You know, I, I well, I think in, in in that case, they probably didn't really know too much. Like they had just bought Lucas, and they probably didn't know what they were gonna do with the next series. And so I think they needed that March to May timeframe to come up with the basic idea, and then from there start to develop the series. Uh, and then that's where they had a year and a half lead time. In this case, with that lead time, I think you're right, Stephen. I I think we'll get the series in in the fall, and I think they are already well into production on it um yeah and i think one of the things to remember is uh a lot of what you have to do in the very beginning is like asset production and things like that you know you have to build up the models and you need to design on the art direction things like that all those are things you can do uh with you know the core of the team even while other people are finishing up you know the more established routine of rebels right right and so i wouldn't be surprised if we get an announcement in the next month or two I think I'm thinking I don't even know if they'll wait till May. Maybe it'll be as late as May. I don't think it'll be after May, but uh, I think it, I do think it comes after May. You think so? Yeah. Admit, if only because I think they want to avoid uh, the, you know, oh, I'm blanking the solo. There, there's yeah, little... like well, they've got solo. They need to work around to some degree. That's true. That's true. But I, yeah, 
We'll see. We'll see. If, I, if they know enough already, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like do. in a month where they're like, yep, people have had time to decompress from Rebels and announce just before Solo. And it's worth saying, regardless of what happens, I'm very excited for it. Me too. This was the perfect end to the series. Uh, Dave Floney and the, and the entire cast and crew should be so proud of all of the work they have done. It's and it's been, um, you know, it's been it's been a pleasure to be along for the ride and review these episodes over the years. I mean, we're not done. Um, we're going to continue talking about. Uh, we we have our season four recap. We have our series recap, and uh, of course, all sorts of other reviews as well. Uh, I think we might want to take a dive into some of the different characters and see how they've grown. Uh, yeah, we haven't done years. that in a while. Done, done we the haven't since studies. the Clone Wars days. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, by, by no means is our Rebels coverage over, but it is a little bittersweet that this is the last regular episode of Rebels or, or any episode period of Rebels that we will be yeah. reviewing on Ion Cannon. There's more coming. There's more in Star Wars TV, we know, but for now... There's also books that we review, so there's a lot of stuff coming. Yeah, but for now, it's a, it's a, little, it's a little bittersweet. So... Mm-hmm. Um, Tom, what would you, what would you rate this episode? <sighs> well, I think this is going to be a very easy one. This has to be 10 Womp Rats <laughs> down, done. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, I have to give it a 10. It was an outstanding show. It wrapped up so much, yeah. you know, and, and my, my thing was, my thing is, Dave Filoni got to go out the way he wanted to go out with this show. He did exactly what he couldn't do with the Clone Wars, but he was able to, in this show, kind of put a little bit of a bow on the Clone Wars as well. So he wrapped up two shows in one. So it's 10 Womp Rats. And to be honest, I have no clue what to do with my Womp Rats. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I think William I think I, I was at the screening and I may have said something to that extent you to did you I honestly don't remember what you said you had an idea of what you're going to do with your Womp Rats but I apologize I do not remember at this point <laughs> oh man oh god I can't remember and yeah. it was how long ago you know what I'm just going to have my 10 Womp Rats they're just going to be running around Lethal happy as heck that it's over and party <laughs> okay. that seems fitting Steven? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I I probably will come up with what it was tomorrow after the recording, and I'm not going to go back and record exactly what I wanted to do, but I think right now I'm just going to let them be happy running around partying. It's over. Playing with the Loath Cats. Yeah, that's it. That's right. Sorry, just kidding. Um, <laughs> Darn. No, I was going to say, ahead. wow. No, I, I, anyway, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I thought I thought for a minute there it came back to me, but that would be cruel if it did come back to me when I I was going to let them loose to just have fun. So I'm just going to let them loose and have fun. That's it. Okay, Steven? Right. Yeah. Oh, so I think uh, I don't want to give it a perfect ten just because Rebels has definitely had better episodes uh, that I think are deserving of that honor. But it was a it really was a great pair of episodes or trilogy of episodes i don't I, however you decide to think of them uh so i think i'm gonna give it a nine and a half womp rats out of ten uh definitely a fantastic job and they very they should be proud um and then with my womp rats that's you know obviously that's always the tricky part uh i think you know and i'm gonna have to be with tom like i think it's only right that they get to like 
enjoy the parade and celebration on Lethal. Mm-hmm. Anything else except- just feels like it would be cruel. <laughs> except for that half womp rat. Well, except for the half womp rat, but that's yeah. just that's a different type of issue. Poor guy. Yeah. Uh, Christy. Final sure. Thoughts? So um, for me, it was a ten out of ten, um, along with Tom, because I really just couldn't think of anything that took any brownie points off for me. Um, I I do think also that it was a great way to wrap everything up and really especially loved um, the video from Ezra to the team and, um, you know, the possibility for a future show um, tied in. Um, So, yeah, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. And with my Womp Rats, I decided um, to have them do something kind of funny. And um, since we know Sabine is still around in the future, they are um, helping her improve her painting skills and letting <laughs> her paint them. Okay. So Sabine is painting the Womp Rats. <laughs> nice. Maybe the maybe those the maybe she'll add those Womp Rats to the mural uh, that, from the end of the end of the episode. Yeah, um, they'll form a new door into a new Jedi temple. <laughs> Only for one <laughs> on 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 t- the Tatooine portal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. I mean, the the last Womp Rat rating for Rebels. Um, you know, I I'm gonna have to go to ten. You know, it, it this episode was 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 funny. It was packed with action and emotion, and um, it, it was it was beautifully rendered fantastic you know music all around just really great and it was surprising right there were there were a lot of moments that i i legitimately did not predict um like the the purgles coming out of nowhere literally and uh and saving the day and so um i i think rebels has just had a an amazing an amazing run and feloni and crew should be so proud of of the Mm -hmm. work that they've done so i'm gonna take my 10 womp rats and you know they're actually going to accompany as uh, Ahsoka and Sabine on the search for Ezra through the unknown regions. So I mean we'll see. Maybe I'll be completely wrong when the next series is announced and there's no ten Womp Rats by their side. But for now, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> so well, uh, in, in, in the next episode of Ion Cannon, we're going to be uh, doing our season four recap. Uh, we will probably take uh, I don't know a week or two off and then come back mm-hmm. and, and 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 once we have time to digest everything and then recap the series uh, and so stay tuned for that. Um, Christy, thank you so much for joining us. This and and Michael as well. Obviously, uh, we always love having the both of you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, can you you want to tell people uh, where uh, where they can find you as as well as Michael? You know, yeah, he 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 gave the the plugs earlier in the episode, but where where can people find you? Yeah, sure. Um, so you can find me when I'm not um, guest appearing on Ion Cannon um, <laughs> on um, Galactic Fashion, co-hosting with Teresa Delgado, talking about all the latest news in geek fashion. And um, that is on Twitter and Instagram at Galactic Fashion Pod. And then I also appear regularly on the 602 Club talking about James Bond films. And we're doing the last couple of films now. Um, We're about to do Goldeneye. 
Um, so that nice. is um, on Trek FM, the 602 Club. And then you can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Bespin Bell. Awesome. Thanks. And and actually, I, w- I was watching uh, Rebels Recon and saw you and Michael in it uh, in the, the very last episode of Rebels Recon. Uh, in your, I'll have uh, to watch that one. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a, it was both of you in your uh, your Arsing and Hondo Onaka costumes from Celebration. Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, it was really cool. So uh, it was it was a nice surprise seeing you both there. But thank you so much for joining. We love having you on the show. I appreciate you coming to join us for this special episode. It was a lot of fun. And uh, you're we, welcome. Yeah, we can't wait to. To talk more Rebels soon. The series may be over, but our coverage is not. So stay tuned Definitely. for more. And again, yep. if you haven't more listened to, to the interview, interview with Dave Filoni, go ahead and, and, and do that. It's uh, really interesting. He talks about some um, fascinating topics like how the world between worlds isn't technically time travel. Um, so I didn't think it was. Yeah. So uh, check that but, out. but that's for a later date to discuss. Yeah, so we'll be back in a few weeks with our series four recap. It's been uh, it's been a, it's been a great run, as mm-hmm. Admiral Holdo says. Godspeed, Rebels. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, 
please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.